Hi there once again. Welcome back to the 116, a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. My name is Greg Fish. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. 116 is a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. And don't forget to like us and share us on social media. That helps to get the word out there. If you are watching us on YouTube, you can subscribe for free and you can get all of the updates in on your favorite podcasting platform, subscribe or uh, whatever the vernacular is. Follow us and be sure and leave a review if you would, please. That also helps us out. Go to PeoriaOne.com for more information about us and to leave a message. That's PeoriaOne.com. And today we are going to be exploring the question of what does uh, art look like uh, for the life of a Christian? And one of the things that I've really been a big believer of in, in my walk with Christ is that art plays a very crucial role in it, but not just in the traditional role of, of music, but in, in the arts of, of paint and photography and those sorts of things. And my guest today is going to speak to that because uh, at the time we are recording this, his artwork is actually on exhibit at the Foster Gallery, which is a very special part of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria, where we uh, do monthly art exhibits, and it's just a really neat place. If you're not familiar with it, again, check out our website, peoria1.com, and find out more. His uh, his exhibit, God's Creation, will be there through February 13th of 2022, and uh, so if you will, welcome to the studio, Bill Withrich. Bill, Welcome along. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you with us. And it's great to be here. You're on You're on exhibit. How does that feel to be, uh, I don't know, at least first in a while of a, uh, a member of First United Methodist Church on exhibit yep. at the Foster it's, Gallery? It's uh, humbling to be here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to show part of me upstairs in the gallery. That's who I am. Yeah. So, so what does that feel like to be somebody who so often the artist toils and labors by themselves in a room, just you know, in a facing the canvas, for example, or even as a photographer, kind of hiding behind the camera. But when you're on exhibit, you're you're out there in front of other people. Is that a little bit nerve wracking as an artist for you? No, it's exciting to me. Um, most of this I have hanging up at home. Okay. I've created at home and it's not left the house. Uh, occasionally over the years, one or two pieces have come down mm-hmm. because uh, there have been collaborations here at church or it was an annual art show. And I might bring a piece or two down there, but I've never had uh, a whole gallery of my work in one place at one time. Wow. And uh, it's gratifying and I'm excited to share it. I just hope a lot of people can see what I've done. Well, let's start from a, a beginning point. That is kind of your thoughts about how, how you got into artwork because you're, you're not, it, it, are you trained in any of this artwork? Are these things you've taken classes? How, how have you grown as an artist? Well, I've got a degree in architecture okay. because I've always loved to draw. Mm-hmm. And I figured if I could make a living drawing things, that'd be wonderful. And structures and buildings are exciting. Thinking about volumes and space and how those things work together to make environments for people to use. Mm -hmm. And it's a a product of creation, uh, making things. And to think of something in your mind and then be able to put it down on paper is rewarding to me. 
so f- from that, it segued into uh, on vacation. My deceased wife would sleep in in the mornings, and I'd go out. I'm an early riser, and I'd draw what was in front of us at the time. Nice. And did a lot of pen and inks that way. And again, it was just for us. And now my son in Kansas has a lot of those drawings. And there's still some at home, and there's some upstairs. And about five years ago, I thought, well, why not put color to this? So... Bought a bunch of oil paints and just started throwing paint on canvas and um, like the medium of oil because in four or five days it dries and you can paint it again or paint over it. Was was that a big transition for you moving from uh, the medium of of drawing pen and ink to actually using paint? Yes, um, pen and ink, once you put that ink on the paper, it's done. So there's no erasing and there's no changing and painting is much more forgiving. Mm. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, and it's a lot less spontaneous. I do a drawing maybe in a half hour or an hour and it'd be done. Sure. But with the oil paints, I can work a couple hours and go away for three or four days or three or four weeks, depending on my mood. And, uh, a 25-hour painting might take a month to do or might take two months to do or it might take two weeks to do. It just, it all changes, but there's a lot more flexibility with the paint than the ink. Are, are you always creating then, or do you have a, a schedule, or is it just when the muse strikes, you, you paint? When the, when the muse strikes. You have to, have to be in the mood uh, and have the time to take care of the details to put the paint on the canvas and mix the colors you want. I have four basic colors and everything on the canvas comes from those four colors, hmm. whether you're tinting or shading or mixing color. And uh, that's again, part of the creative process is getting just the right hue with the right combination of primary colors. So then when you pretty much, uh, I guess, would you say self-taught in, in the painting or did you have some help from somebody? I took, uh, in 1999, one six week class where every student in the class painted what the instructor was painting in the front of the room, the way the instructor was painting it, but we'd use our own colors. Okay. And I found that was helpful as far as, uh, some techniques, but as far as mixing the color or getting the texture of the paint, it's all been experimental for me. Hmm. Interesting. Play with that. What, what about uh, influences? Are, are there particular artists that you look to more than others that you think, I would really like to use that technique? Yeah, probably Claude Monet. And Impressionism, some of my work uh, has a lot of texture and uh, is a little more free form. And there's a couple pieces upstairs I've had people tell me they can't tell from looking at it until they get real close that it isn't a photograph. Oh, wow. So that's completely removed from Impressionism. Right. But uh, I like the freedom of the... Uh, putting a lot of paint on, getting the depth of the texture and the color. 
And that's just real enjoyable to me. And I've tried a bunch of different styles. Uh, I had a commission where uh, my client wanted something very modern looking. And she referred me to an artist that used very vivid colors on animals. And I did a, uh, her little dog mm. and I have that upstairs. And okay. so that's a very modern looking thing. And then I did a copy of Klimt's The Kiss because it just was, I thought, a phenomenal piece of art. So I did my interpretation of that. And that probably was the most difficult thing I've done because, again, it was uh, Impressionism, bold colors, uh, not natural shapes and forms for the plants and the surroundings and the robes of the the people and not even uh, a true depiction of the human form. And but so that stretched me. Gotcha. But, um, so, so when you, when you begin painting, do you already have a, have it in your mind? I want to be photorealistic on this, or I want to be more impressionistic, or does that kind of, do you give birth that as you, as you begin to paint? It, it well, my technique normally is almost, all of what I've done is originates from a photograph I've taken okay. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I like the composition. I like the color contrasts. I like the dark and light of it. So I print an eight by 10 of that photograph. And some of my paintings are 20 inches by 30 inches mm-hmm. or 18 by 24. They're all different sizes, but I always start with that end result in mind. But to answer your question, I don't know until the paint starts going on the canvas whether it's going to be something where I'm replicating as closely as I can reality or I have uh, some sunsets where the colors are perfect for the clouds, but it's just really crazy how the paint's going on the canvas. So it's not a realistic cloud but it just screams what it, the colors scream what it was. I'd kind of like to take this maybe even a little bit deeper with you for just a moment, because this I think is the thing that intrigues me most about uh, artists from the perspective of a follower of Jesus. And that is, uh, where does it start inside of you? Does your walk with, with Christ somehow influence the way everything comes out in the painting. Is it a spiritual process for you? Is it a devotional process? How, how does your walk with Jesus influence? Because the name of your exhibit is God's creation. Yes. And it, you, you are obviously recognizing that, that impact. How, how does your walk with Christ affect what comes out of your fingertips when you're painting? Well, uh, just to revert back a little, when I look around and see anything, I see God. Mm-hmm. His creation is so amazing, whether it's the human form or the mountains or the oceans, the sunsets, even people, they're all God's creation. And I so admire what he's done. Right. And, I, and that's why I want to capture that, capture his amazing 
creation and his love for us that we can see it. So my walk with Jesus and my faith brings to life this creation and makes me want to capture it and share it, how great our God is and how much I appreciate it and I'm thankful for it. So as far as the then while I'm painting, I don't know that that's as much on my mind as trying to, uh, you know, every brush stroke I'm thinking, Jesus is allowing me to do this. Sure. Although he is. Sure. Uh, I'm more tuned in to the creation process myself mm-hmm. and creating this piece to mirror God's wonderful creation. You know, I, I'm a, I, I've learned a lot about myself being an, a very emotional person, and I, I feel my emotions deeply. And I think when I'm involved with creating art, it becomes an emotional slash physical slash um, spiritual experience for me. Uh, to, to what degree, when you are creating art, do the, the spiritual and emotional and physical come together for you? I think it's more um, being thankful that God has allowed me to do this the way I do it. And throughout the process, I'm so tuned in to the results I'm getting on the canvas that I'm not thinking of anything else at all. And once something's completed, I look at it and I think, oh, thank you, God, for allowing me to do that. Nice. Thank you for allowing me to see it that way and make it this way. So I'm more appreciative after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't think I'm emotionally involved with any of them, it's still, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, uh, it's something I've done, but I'm moving on to something else to be done. Gotcha. And, um, I've occasionally, I get a, a real sense of reward for creating something for a client that they've really appreciated and they really love. And that's very gratifying. Uh, I don't do that a lot, but I have. So um, have you ever created something, painted something, that when you've stood back and looked at it, it was like, I, I don't know where that came from. That kind of surprises me. I didn't know that's how it was going to end up. Have you ever had that experience of as if you were watching, maybe even watching somebody else paint? Yes. Um, there's a sunset on uh, Key West that I just was putting a lot of paint on the canvas and really didn't know how it was going to end up. And uh, it shocked me how well I liked it when it was done. Mm. 
and how it just really pulled off the glory of that moment. Wow. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've had that happen that uh, I've never watched myself from somewhere else paint, but to end up with an end result that I didn't expect was really amazing. That's that's so neat. Yep. Do, do you do you do photography work as well? Am I remembering this correctly? Do you do photography? Yes. Okay. Uh, there are some photographs upstairs. Okay. Um, uh, again, I'm looking, and it's my architecture background. Mm-hmm. You're always thinking mass space, mm-hmm. foreground, background, balance, color, light and dark. You're thinking of that composition, and you're striving for that that the balance is good the colors are striking uh the movement is created by the pictures or a an idea is expressed by the pictures and um there's a a picture of florence italy i think that works well that way and then i have a collage of nine different flowers from uh, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly. I think it's Givenchy, France, where Monet's home was, where he made these gardens so he'd have something that bloomed from March to October. Different plants, but all those months he'd have color to paint and took a lot of photographs of flowers and then his famous bridge over the pond and uh, made a collage of that. That was enjoyable to express something dear to him that's dear to me. Yeah. So I, I, I take it that you're, you're more of a, a landscape person. I, um, is that your preference when you're shooting, when you're, when you're painting mostly to, to do the landscape, mostly landscapes, um, some buildings, again, God's allowed us to create, mm-hmm. uh, structure and balance and form. So I have some buildings uh, mostly landscapes. I've done uh, a portrait of a granddaughter upstairs and a pen and ink of four grandchildren. But people are very hard for me. And I had a commission sure. to do the three grandsons of a friend, mm-hmm. and he loves it. I'm still not happy with it. <laughs> Because it's just difficult for me to get the the shadowing, the shape of a face, because you're working with something that's exactly the way it is, and to recreate that is painstaking for me. So you've you've kind of made me wonder here. Are you the type of artist that your work is really never done in your mind? That is, when you see it on exhibit, you think. I- could do this right i would like to do yeah that. and that's why some of the canvases might be on the easel for a month or two months because i'll change a little color here or i'll add a little something there or uh i did a on the uh brochure on where uh i have a photograph along with my bio and everything i'm shown painting a farm with a rainbow I think I painted that rainbow four times <laughs> and I'm still not happy with it, but there, it's in the hands of the owner now and she loves it. So that's fine with me. But if it was in my house, I'd still be painting that rainbow. 
I should have asked you this beforehand um, because I don't want to ask a question that's going to put you on the spot. But do do you have your exhibit regularly uh, online anywhere that people could go online and actually see your work? Or no, this is a first for me. I've never, um, other than like I said at the church annual art show, mm-hmm. which uh, we're no longer doing, but when we did that, I'd always have a piece or two at that show probably for six or eight years. And that's the only exhibition I've ever done. And all of it has been for the enjoyment of my wife and myself, mostly. Sure, sure. Uh, in our home. And the, when people come, we have guests, they can see the stuff. And But I've never really made it public. And so, no, it's not online anywhere. Gotcha. Uh, and maybe we should try to find a way to rub that well, at, we, at some we point could. in time. We, we might could. be able to do that. Um I want to circle back to something that just really, really intrigues me personally on a personal level about art okay. as, as a believer from that perspective. Do do you have a theology on art? I mean, do you, have you ever thought through your, your theology of art? That is, uh, uh, again, from the perspective of God's creation, the title for your exhibit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, what would you say that is? Well, all of our lives should glorify him. And if I can show or recreate some of his creation and have somebody say, Oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, give glory to God. So my theology is I'm just trying to mirror what he's already done and emphasize how beautiful I think it is. Yes. And, uh, and I'm thankful, you know, it's, we, I, I don't think we realize our gifts. Mm-hmm. And to me, most anybody could throw paint on canvas until they get a desired result. And I guess that's not the way it is. And I'm just thankful that I can and give glory to him to be able to use that to do what I do. So if we have a, a listener or a viewer that uh, is intrigued by this and, and feels like they have some art inside of them, what is a good starting place for the amateur artist to begin to experiment with art? It's just a time. It's like uh, taking up golf or tennis or swimming. You uh, can take classes there's all kinds of art instruction classes, mm-hmm. um, but it's a matter of devoting time to it and not getting discouraged. Get a bunch of small canvases and start putting the paint on it and seeing what happens. And um, it's being able to visualize, and not everybody can do that, but you need to visualize on the canvas what you want that to be. And a lot of times in very light lead I'll draw the shapes of things I want to paint to give it some form of reality and some form of balance but I think the the thing to do would be take classes and whether it's a a studio that gives the classes and provides you the paint provides you the canvas for an introduction that's a great way to do it or whether you take an art class at ICC that's another valid way to be introduced to different media because um, 
art is such a broad field. You can sculpt, you can paint, you can draw, uh, you can sew. I know my sweet wife makes quilts that are mm. absolutely amazing. Yes. And it's a combination of colors and patterns, right. light and dark. You know, it's all the things I do on canvas she does with cloth. So it's, it could segue from one thing to the next. But I think the best thing to do would be take a class. Okay. Got a question for you. I'm going to sure. put you on the spot here. Are you ready for this? Always. Is there such thing as bad art? Yes. Okay. Uh, of course, you're talking to a conservative person. Uh-huh. And uh, one end, and this is... And, you know, I'll just lay it. I'll be very frank. Okay? Mm-hmm. Went to the Modern Art Museum in Chicago, which is different from the main art museum in Chicago, and didn't know what was on display. And the whole museum, wall to wall, three floors, was full of small paintings and paintings eight feet by ten feet of vaginas. I thought that was very bad art. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, okay. that's bad you. art. Uh, somebody was trying to make a statement. And, uh, and they made it. They made it, and I just do not hear it. So we were not in that museum very long. <laughs> okay. Okay, and so, but uh, to more realistically, I don't think uh, from stick figures to Grandma Moses to Da Vinci, an expression of art is not bad. Gotcha. It's the it's like anything. It's the content of the art. So you can have great books and you can have horrible books. So it depends on the content. I heard somebody say once you walk into a room of children and ask them if they're an artist and every one of them will raise their hand. Sure. But the older you get, then the fewer that will raise their hand because we train people, you're not an artist or you're not good enough or you don't measure up. How can Bill? How can we encourage our kids to always be artists? What What would you recommend to anybody listening out there to encourage your kids to keep at it? Well, because and it's tough. All of us measure ourselves, although we shouldn't, by what other people think of us. Okay, we need to measure ourselves by what God thinks of us. How are we living pleasing to him? So if we forget, we have to encourage our children to do this for yourself. Do it just to enjoy the process of mm-hmm. making something. Right, right. Of drawing something. Uh-huh. And, you know, you get a refrigerator full of things that kids have done. And that's great because that's encouraging them to continue to do that. It needs to be taken to further steps that you can keep the creative process nurtured and rewarded so that that child can grow to a person that enjoys that creative process and wants to be better, just like we wish to be better at everything we do, but then that flame would never be extinguished. Yeah. So... To keep that alive in us, then, it's just a matter of us being good encouragers and following through 
with encouraging somebody else who's really struggling with the idea of, of, do I have this in me? Do I have the art in me? Yes. And, you know, um, parents might think, well, I'm not an artist. I can't relate or devote myself to encouraging my child to be an artist. Well, yes, but we're all artists. And I think everybody can encourage one another. And that's um, segue into life itself, whether we're building people up or tearing people down, uh, we can build them up. And that could be with art as well. So what are you working on now? What's, uh, what's on your easel now, Bill? Uh, right now, it's a totally blank canvas. Ah. But uh, my wife and I went to uh, northern Maine and went along in... Uh, Baxter National Park, where the north end of the Appalachian Trail is. And we were doing some hiking, and we came across a river and a beautiful rapids mm-hmm. at uh, sunset. And I have uh, took about 25 photographs of that, different angles, different things, thinking, I need to put this on canvas. So that's the next thing will be this rapids of uh, northern Maine. That's awesome. Well, Bill, I, I hope you keep painting. I hope you keep snapping those pictures. And yeah. in the meantime, just uh, by means of wrapping up, if you by any chance listen to this before the end of the exhibit, uh, just give us a, a quick idea about what someone might experience if they make it to the Foster Gallery by February 13th to see your exhibit, God's Creation. You're going to see... Um, a lot of his nature, and then you're going to see some different, beautiful, uh, small towns, Assisi, Italy, uh, Florence, uh, Switzerland, France, and uh, the western United States is amazing. So you're going to see a lot of that type of thing. And then you'll see just some quick sketches and telling you that what I love. Nice. Yep. Well, Hope you can make it. One of these days, too, I have been trying and trying to get as a guest our new director of the Foster Gallery, Eugene Mason. He's just a really neat guy. Uh, tell the folks just briefly about Eugene. Eugene and his wife, Barbara, are a joy. And he stretches himself. He teaches art to kids. And he'll teach things that he's not really passionate about. But to give them the total experience, he'll teach that. So he has a great attitude. Uh, I think he's a very humble man. And he is interested. His style is pointillism. Mm. Yes, yes. Which is very interesting. You're putting a dot of color on the canvas, a dot at a time, a color at a time, and creating this big work. And I find that fascinating that that's how he likes to paint. But um, I was thankful Eugene approached me, and I love how he laid out the exhibit upstairs, placing, I never thought any of the architecture of the structure of the exhibit. And I'm very pleased with what he's done. And I'm very pleased that he's at the church showing us other artists as well. Yes.
And uh, Eugene, I'm looking at you. You need to come and be my guest one of these days. We'd love to have you here as well. Bill, thank you so very much for your time today and, and blessings to you in your uh, art pursuits. Thank you. It's a great be to be here. It's been great to have you. Hey, folks, this has been The 116. It's a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. If you want more information about this exhibit, go to our website, or if you have any other questions, peoria1.com. That's peoria1.com. Go to the Foster Gallery page, and you'll find out what you need to know there. And don't forget, 116 is a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Like us and share us on social media. And please, if you would, subscribe or follow us on your podcasting platform or on YouTube. It is free. And peoria1.com, that's peoria1.com, is the place to go and check us out a little bit further. And thank you so very much for coming along. I'm Greg Fish. It has been a pleasure to have you with us again for another episode of The 116. Thank you.